When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, Holly. Hey, Dave. What is going on today on the What Difference Does It Make podcast? We've got some good stuff going on on the What Difference Does It Make podcast today. Uh, it's the end of October. Have you enjoyed your October? This has been quite the bitchin' October, don't you think? <laughs> bitchin' A. <laughs> Did you use that expression? <laughs> no. Have you ever said a. without being, oh, okay, without being ironic? I think I always said bitchin' A like tongue in cheek. Bitchin' A, let's go get some burgers. I've never heard it like that. I've never uh, used it like that. I've only used it as in have you, a bitch in summer. Okay. Or yeah. That is but so bitchin'. You would write it in your yearbook, right? Yes. Yeah. Right above KIT. Of course, which you never did. Did you ever KIT with your with your friends? I, I only KIT'd or KID IT with people who I was always going to anyway, not because they told me to do it in my yearbook. How about you? It's my, I was o- always hoping there would be a girl or two that would say KIT. Like, oh, okay, here's my opportunity. Rarely. And not give an incorrect R- phone number? Yeah, rarely happened. But, you know, there's always hope. Then you call them on your landline? Uh, yes. Yeah. And, no, she's not available right now. Who is this? I'm sorry. Not home. I don't know. I see the girl talking to you in the pantry with the cord. With the cord? Could be. Hiding in the pantry talking. Was that you on with the princess phone? <laughs> did not have a princess phone, but I did have a big button phone. Nice. While you listen to the Go-Go's, as I'm that trying to. That's a great segue. I'm trying. I'm trying to segue, segue, Dave. Oh, thank you. That was a what? That was a bitchin' segue, Dave. No, oh, thank you. We do have a bitchin' guest today, and uh, who is that, perchance? Okay, we do have a bitchin' guest today, and this bitchin' guest, as you and I determined off mic, she has the best name, and we believe it to be her real name. Today, we have Gina Shock, the drummer for the Go-Go's. Yeah. The reason we're talking to Gina is she has a new book. Actually, this is the first book she's ever written. It's called Made in Hollywood. She was the documentarian of the Go-Go's, apparently. She took a lot of photos, and she kept them. She was the archivist for the Go-Go's, and she was, and she just, because she liked to take pictures. Worked out well because now she's compiled them all into a lovely book that we highly recommend. It's out now. The book is called Made in Hollywood, All Access with the Go-Go's. If this is your first time listening to the What Difference Does It Make podcast, welcome. After you've enjoyed this episode, I encourage you to please subscribe because we have new episodes every Friday with a new exciting guest and you never know who's going to show up. 
And you should also check out our YouTube channel because there will be outtakes from this interview and all our interviews on our YouTube channel. And you can find it at What Difference Does It Make podcast. Love that. Kathy Valentine, a friend of the show, former guest of the show, might just make a special appearance on our podcast. So please give a listen to this episode. This is with Gina Schock, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductee of the Go-Go's on the What Difference Does It Make podcast. Hey. Hey. <laughs> Hey guys. Hey. <laughs> How this are you? Everything sucks. okay? No, everything sucks. <laughs> I'm like, look, you know what? I keep forgetting all my passwords. And of course, I'm down here. I'm in LA. So I don't have my guy with me to help me do everything. Now I'm locked out of my own email because I don't know if I remember the fucking password. It's and, I, and it wouldn't allow me to punch in, try again. And it's like, you're, you are blacklisted. And I'm like, oh, jeez. Oh, geez. Not again. <laughs> so, well, I'm driving back today, so it's okay. I'll get one that will get me straightened out with that. And my computer, I screwed that up too somehow. I am, I don't have problems with that, but everything else is going great. I love everything about what this, the, that whole diatribe was just amazing. That's just, that's. And I empathize. It's all true in I, my life. Every day, something, there's drama, but it comes back down to beautiful. There you go. That's, I kind of got that sense. Just, yes, me too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I can see her. You're in your garage, huh? I, I, it <laughs> is. I see the uh, lift thing. I have that in my garage. <laughs> I and, know. Um, it's, uh, yeah. It's, it's, it's your it's studio raw. too, huh? It is a little of everything. Uh, and we're, in, we're refurbishing. So everything, like we've got furniture and other things. It's just. Honey, everybody runs out of space. Uh, That's what happens. Unbelievable, right? It's terrible, but it happens. Yeah, yeah. Wait, so you're in LA. Where are you driving back to? I'm driving back up to San Francisco where I live. You're an Orioles fan, not a Giants fan, correct? Or are you a sports fan at all? I'm not really big on sports, but I love the Orioles and love the Giants and love the Dodgers. Okay. <laughs> oh, that is very uh, diplomatic of you. She's, a, well, dr she's I, a drummer. She supports everyone, right? I've been in all these places, lived there, and so I, you know, it's like I owe them all something, you know? My partner, a bunch of his friends went to the Dodger game last night. Oh, okay. and I guess they had a blast. <laughs> of course. Yeah, they needed to Uber home. <laughs> well, then you're in. If you get me, okay. No, I I know. Well, how did you used to get home back in the day? What was your? I just how, drove. Did you, Did you drive every like from the whiskey? We all just drove. How close to the whiskey did you live? I know we talked with Kathy last last year about her book, and she you know she she lived close to the whiskey. Were you? Close, close no, by as well. I didn't live close to the to the whiskey, but I drove. So a drummer, you probably had a truck, or what? What did you? What was your? No, that's when we first started out. I had my dad's pickup truck that I used that we used to load all of our gear into. Yeah, that was that was something. But then then again, right there, we were like twenty one, twenty two, and you know we could do all that. You stuff. could do everything. Yeah, you're invincible. We could, do, we could do it all because it was you know you're at that age, anything's possible. And you have the energy and you also believe, you believe anything's possible. I certainly did. And look where it got me. <laughs> right. Just talking to you. This is a, I love, you, you still have that Baltimore accent. Apparently you're never going to lose that. So that's great. But you. No, I don't think it'll ever go away. I, I, of course I, you know, the whole time I've been on the West coast, you guys, I, I was back in Baltimore all the time because my parents lived there. So I yeah. was. You know, I never missed a Christmas in Baltimore in all the years that I had been living out here since 1979. Yeah. I never missed Christmas in Baltimore. 
And I would go back several times a year because my job allowed me that, that kind of freedom to be able to go back there and visit my parents all the time. And so I would do it. Okay. Can I just make a plug really quickly? This is a, yeah. this is terrible, but Baltimore, I have, my family's all back East. My cousins have a music store in Baltimore. Um, music, I mean, equipment, everything called Brothers Music. It's on, I guess, Charles Street, maybe? Is that a... Oh my gosh, that's a, a nice area of town, Charles Street. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Downtown Charles Street. Yeah. Yeah. They have a music store there. They live near there, too. So just giving a shout out to Brothers Music. Yeah. Brothers Music in Baltimore. Maybe I'll go check them out when I go back again. I hope you do. That would be really special. Okay. I I will do that. So did you pester your parents about getting a drum kit when you were younger? Was it always the drums? No. No. No, I just, I did, I, like, I, I started out playing guitar and bass and then I, you know, I took lessons and I really didn't have the patience because I was just a kid and you know, you want everything happening right away. I still do. Um, but <laughs> I, I didn't have the patience for guitar. Anyway, I, I thought I'll try drums. So I saved up the allowance money that I would make every week, uh, you know, cleaning house and doing whatever I had to do. And I bought drums and, um, you know, I don't think my parents were that crazy about it, but they allowed me that freedom because they knew that music really moved me. You know, it was, I was all about music. Every penny I got it, I was spending it on music, whether it was records or, you know, magazines or tickets to go to concerts in Baltimore. I, every penny was being spent on music. So when I got the drums, I would just sit up there with headphones on, come home every day and play along with all my favorite records. That's how I taught myself to play drums. You have a kind of a connection with John Waters. Uh, I always think of Hairspray. And, you and, and that really funny. Listen to this. Okay. Dave, I'm, I'm yesterday, I'm at uh, Bristol Farms getting my morning coffee here. And my partner, Steve, and I, he, we were running to get, we were going to get something for lunch and take it with us. We had some work to do. And I'm standing there watching some, watching the guy cut this turkey. And, and uh, there was a fellow next to me. I wasn't paying attention. And I said, you know what, Steve? I want that. That looks really good. And then this guy opened his mouth. And I turned around and went, John? <laughs> oh, fucking John was right next to me. Spectacular. On random weird places. I run into him at a market here in L.A. <laughs> I thought that that was so weird. You know, and he, I asked what he was doing. And I told him what I was doing, blah, 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 all that stuff. But it was very strange being as you bring up John that I ran into him two days ago. <laughs> That's so funny. So random. Right. Isn't it random and weird? How crazy. It is. But that's wonderful. I know I have some John Waters <laughs> questions a little bit, but I guess with Hairspray, did you watch like the dancing show, the local dancing show? Was that like your your intro into music to, to watch? Yeah, like, that was, on? was one in Baltimore. I think, was that um, Kirby Scott's show? Yeah, he was the guy. He was the big DJ in Baltimore that everybody knew. It was very popular then. And I think that's the show that, that John based that on. Yeah, yeah. The Hairspray oh. thing, yeah. And were you the uh, transistor radio in your bed? I was. Yeah, yeah, I did. I had the transistor radio up against my ear at all times. And, you know, I'd sneak it into bed at night because I would call up and, and, and request songs. And, you know, they wouldn't come on for like four or five hours. And right. I, you know, they probably, they usually play my requests at two or three in the morning. <laughs> but yeah, I did that. I was that kid. And what was a young Gina Shock requesting? Oh, my God. Uh, you know what? Well, I had my albums to listen to, and that was more like, you know, uh, that was going to be British music, British uh, rock music, you know, anything from the UK. I was buying, you know, I mean, I love the Stones and Zeppelin and you name it, whoever was happening at that time I was listening to. But probably at the regular radio station would be whatever was happening at that time, whatever, whatever AM was playing at the time. Yeah. 
I was listening to that. And what, okay, so then uh, was there a particular drummer that was like, I want to emulate this person? This is Well, of course there, and you know, it was Charlie Watts and John Bonham. Yeah. My first concert I ever went to, my brother took me to, and that was Led Zeppelin opener for The Who at Meriwether Post Pavilion in Columbia, Maryland. Yeah. You know, to see those two bands together in 69. Yeah. Oh, my God. And that's, you know, The Who busted their instruments up. And this was Zeppelin's first American tour. It was something to behold. Uh, it changed my life. It's yeah. like I knew what I wanted to do. That might take the cake for first concerts. Yeah. We always yeah, ask, I guess. I mean, that how definitely... insane is that? Yeah. It really is. Did you Another go? Another lucky moment. Another lucky moment in Was my this life, high you know? school friends or was it... Uh... Who'd you, who'd you jump in the van with? Too young. Was it a van? Who, or what was? What? What are you talking about? Oh, when, when you went, when you went to the show, was it with friends or was it? Uh, no, my brother. My brother. Oh, brother. Was okay. Like Eleven years old or twelve years old. Oh, so, Sixty nine. I was young. Oh, okay. So your brother was like, "Do you want to go to this show?" And did you know what you're getting into at that time? Eleven. I don't recall to be honest with yeah. you, Dave. I don't recall, but <laughs> yeah, of course I knew who they were. Yeah, because I would listen to my brother's records, and then of course I'd go out and buy them, and then I and then I was into all British music, everything. Gotcha. All British, you know. I love that. Well, that's good to have an older brother who's a uh, guide. guide yeah, you. you know, I was listening to John's records, and then I'd scratch them up and have to go buy new ones, and so I'd you know, go out and buy them. <laughs> Okay, so the other John Waters connection is your first band. This was uh, with Edie. Yeah, well, yeah. Edie is the reason. You know, the Go Go's. We're indebted to Edie because she's the reason. She's the person that got me out to Los Angeles the first time, and in '78, I came out here with her. Yeah. You know, if it wasn't for her, I don't know if the Go Go's would be what they are today. They, I would have never gotten out here. I, you know, I did a little tour with Edie. This was Edie that and the Eggs. And it changed everything for me, David. You broke my heart and you made me cry. You hurt me when you were around. But now I'm back to let you know you'll never keep this big girl down. They don't cry. Says they don't cry. My oh my. I wonder why. She was a wonderful older lady that was just having the time of her life, and John allowed her to do that by putting her in his films. She loved it, and she loved being around younger people, and she was a doll, just a wonderful lady. You know, yeah. real sweetheart. You know, so I got to go to L.A., got to go to New York. And although New York was sort of my second home because my parents would take us, my brother and I up there all the time. But we got to go and play. Uh, we played Max's Kansas City and uh, CBGB's and uh, came out here and played three nights at the uh, Newark Theater and then played the Warfield in San Francisco. And when I got back, I knew that I was going to be making a move very shortly. I just had to save up my money, and then I was heading back and decided, you know, I'm I'm definitely moving out here. So your dad, so you took your dad's car, loaded up the drums, and and just went cross country. Is that is that how that happened? Yes, and a friend of mine from high school. Yeah, yeah. we drove across country together with everything I owned in the back of my father's pickup truck. You know, he built this wooden cab on the back, and and uh, you know, it was uh, everything. And I, I even had PA speakers in there. <laughs> my wow. drums, well, you, all my vinyl, which I still have. Craziness. 
I really love that story about packing up, uh, packing up your stuff and your parents. It seemed like a nice, warm and fuzzy relationship. Well, you know, my parents, when I think back, oh, my God, it must have been horrifying to let their kid go all the way on the other side of the country. I knew three people here, you know, and they're letting me I was the baby. They're letting the baby go. So, yeah, I mean, they had to have faith in me, but uh you know, they raised me right. So I, I, you know, I don't know. I just got out here and started immediately looking to find, to get myself in a band. That's all I cared about. I was out here. I was on a mission. Yeah. yeah. Was that, you know, were the Go-Go's your first band in LA or was no, it another? No, no, no. I, I, I was, I try. I was in a couple of different bands. It was easy to get in. I mean, I put my name up on like guitar center music stores in the okay. valley, wherever. Yeah. And, you know, I got in bands right away. That wasn't difficult. But the guy that I was staying with, had produced the uh, Eddie and the Egg show. And so I was li- living with this guy, Steve, and my friend Babs. And he was like, you know, Gina, there's this band, the Go-Go's. I want you to go see them. You're going to see that band. And we're going to kick the drum around. And you're going to join. And then you're going to become famous. <laughs> That's Steve. Yes. Yeah, right? Wow. And so he did take me to see them. I think we went to Club 88. And they had only been together, I think, like six months or something. And, you know, they were just having a fun time. I loved them. When I saw them, I thought there was something very special about them. You know, diamond in the rough. They needed to be massaged. They needed they needed to spend more time working on their craft. They were just having fun, but there was something there. I, yeah. I just knew it. I don't know. I felt it. And like when I met them at, at Steve's brother, Steve's brother, Doug, had a place in Santa Monica. And so he had a party and invited a couple of the girls. And that's when I met them. And they were like, we're looking for a drummer. And I said, great, I'm looking to, to join a band. But I was already in a couple of bands, but I lied and said I was something. Anyway, we went over to Steve's house and, I, you know, he was so sweet. We're in Beverly Glen and I had all my drums, a PA system and amps all set up in his living room yeah. in Beverly Glen. <laughs> this is craziness, right? <laughs> I invited them over. They came in, brought their instruments and we started to play. And that was it, man. I played Beatnik Beach and it was all over. That's a mate. Okay, we're keeping a steady beat with Gina Shock of the Go Go's, drummer of the Go Go's. Her new book, Made in Hollywood, All Access with the Go Go's, is out now. Let's take a break. A drum break, if you will. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, 
Even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles, plus awareness mode. Available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Welcome back to the What Difference Does It Make podcast and our guest, Gina Schock of the Go-Go's and also author of Made in Hollywood, All Access with the Go-Go's. And was Belinda, was she still wearing, was she wearing the, the hefty bags? I, every, every story yeah. I read about was like, it's always Belinda with uh, this girl with, who wears hefty bags cinched up. Yeah, she, everybody would wear whatever they could get their hands on. We were punks, okay? Yeah. And what, we could dress however we felt like dressing. There were no rules. What was Gina wearing? What was I wearing? I wasn't wearing the best of clothes. So the girls, I mean, Jane took me out and helped me okay. uh, get, get more apropos clothing for, for the punk scene in LA. Uh, but it didn't take long. I like cut, she cut my hair real short, dyed it black and I fit in really quickly. I mean, I had certainly had the that attitude. I had that yeah. attitude, you know, uh, I just, I, I needed to, I was coming be more from like being a musician um, rather than any particular scene, but I fit in. It, it, it spoke to me. It, it made sense. I got it. What all that angst was about. I had it, you know, and all of this, my whole history and the whole, you know, the history of the Go-Go's will be in photographs in my book, Made in Hollywood, which is coming out. All this will be revealed. And I actually wrote, I think there's like 30,000 words. I was just going to put out a, like a, a Go-Go's coffee table book, an art book, because they have so many photographs from over the years. And I was always carrying a camera around with me and snapping shots of everything that was going on in the early days. And there, there came a point where I, I was wanting to put this all in one place. You know, I had this stuff all stuffed in closets and under the bed and every, everywhere you could shove pictures. But I had to find the right person to help me get it together. The girls were 100% behind it. Finally got it together, put those photographs in this book, and Made in Hollywood will be out. And I am really proud of it and very excited for everyone to see it. The girls haven't even seen it yet. They're dying to get their hot little hands <laughs> on the book. So I just, I just talked to the publisher yesterday. I was like, you know, can you, here's, get everybody there. Send the book, will you? Well, we've seen it. And I just have to say, you know, as a fan, I love the way that you put it together. You said it could just been a coffee table book with photographs. I loved all the essays, everything, (laughs) everything that was written by everybody else. First of all, the, the foreword by, um, by Kathy. I thought it's probably the best forward to a book that I have ever read because it gave such great insight and the way it talked about you and your vision from behind, from, from the throne. 
Yeah. I just thought it was a great forward, but the whole thing I've, you know, been listening to you guys forever, but I learned a lot. Well, this is from, you know, from my perspective, you know, what was going on and the photographs to back everything up. I don't know. You know, I didn't think I could really write a book, but looking at those photographs made it easy because I remember everything was going on. You know how it is. You look at a photograph, you remember everything that was happening that time, or you hear a song. It's the same thing that happens. It it triggers the, the same kind of chemicals to happen in your brain where you, you know, you remember all that stuff. There was one particular picture I saw, I guess you were probably in the dressing room and you have a camera snapping a picture with Kathy uh, and you could see your camera. What was that your camera that you had with yeah, you at all time? Yeah, what, was what was it? What is your camera? Canon. <laughs> yeah. Canon. And it got stolen of course, but yeah, that wasn't in the dress. What that was, that shot was uh, in a hotel room. That was after a show and we had gotten back and, I'd taken my makeup off already. Kathy was taking her makeup off after a show. That's what that photograph was. Mm-hmm. You, you, there, uh, you commented somewhere that you were the one, or, or maybe it was said, the sort of the historian, you were the one taking the most pictures. Is that- yeah, nobody, nobody in the band had a camera, and they, yeah. nobody was doing that. And I just had a love of photography from before being in the band, you know? I mean, I was snapping pictures on the way driving out from Baltimore, what you see in the book. I just had a love of photography and still do. I tell you, you and Ringo Starr, both. Ringo. Ring, yeah. Ringo always had his camera. I'd love to meet Ringo. You're going to meet a lot of people uh, in a couple weeks. The Go-Go's are going to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Is that true? Yeah. How about that? How about that? That's spectacular. It's, a, it's about time is all I have to say. But you know what? Better late than never. We were all sort of over the whole idea of it because uh, every year it would come and go. And we're like, God damn it, what's wrong with these people? <laughs> we should be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And especially, I, I don't know, it's just getting a lot of pressure from my friends more than, than the band. All your friends are like, what's what's going on? What's up with this? I'm like, I don't know. You know, we're just doing what we do. We know what our contribution was and is. And we'll just con- continue doing what we're doing. And hopefully they're going to recognize that. And so then it happens. You know, that we were nominated. Now we're going to be inducted. And it's like, shit. Yeah. <laughs> Finally, it's great. It's a wonderful thing. I'm pretty excited about it. And I know everyone in the band's excited about it. And now you have credibility with your friends. <laughs> yeah, really. It's yeah, like, finally, oh, you're someone. Do. I see them. They can't believe it. I'm like, oh, God, neither can I. It's about time, though. Do you think it was the documentary last year that came out that was like, you know what? The Go-Go's had quite an impact on yeah, Dave, I think that really sort of jogged people's memories and got their brain flowing in a go-go's manner. You know, I think like people started thinking more about the band because the documentary was fantastic. Alice Nellwood did a an incredible job. What a brilliant documentarian she is. This, the way she told our story was perfect. I mean, we, we couldn't have been happier with the way she put it together and how she edited it. I love that documentary. I'm re- we're all very, very happy with that. I think when, you know, that coming out and also, you know, it won a critics award and it was, um, it premiered at Sundance. Uh, but of course that's when COVID was just starting, but, uh, you know, that was something that I'm very proud of as well. And so happy that Allison did the job she did. Cause it's great. She did do a great job and it really left you wanting more. <laughs> well, we- yeah, I think that like, definitely that was the start of people remembering about the Go-Go's and getting the whole ball rolling again, where we're, we're more fresh in people's minds, you know what I mean? And then this coming up and then my book and there's other things that are cooking that will 
will reveal themselves in the next couple of months. <laughs> well, one of the things that was cooking was uh, was a new song, Club Zero. So that was that must have been amazing to to be in a yeah, studio that again. Yeah, was kind of difficult to do because we're in all different places. You know what I mean? Everybody like Charlotte's here in L.A. Kathy's in Austin. Belinda was in Bangkok. Jane was in um, Hawaii, and I'm in San Francisco. Like, put that together <laughs> wasn't easy, but we did manage to do it. I don't ever want to have to do that again. It was not the most fun process, but we did get it together and it turned out great. It's a lot of fun, and hopefully you will not have to do it that way ever again. No, I know. My God, let's hope that things get better, you know? So, yeah, so after this rock and roll ceremony, you're all going to be in the same room. The next day, you're just going to go into a studio? Is that I, I, I'm just hoping that might happen. Like, <laughs> no, hey, I don't think that's going to happen. No, everyone's no, going to go their separate ways after that? We're going to get done with that. Everybody's going to take a little vacation, because I'll tell you what, thinking about it stresses me out, but makes me happy. It's like, it's a lot to get organized and you know i mean all the and plus we have to all get our outfits together it's a lot of uh organization and that's stressful Although, and then a tour oh and then that's right i forgot yeah we're gonna be doing some shows at the <laughs> end of the year we're doing like six or seven shows at the end of the year you know just something to do because the last two years we've gotten our our tours have been canceled yeah. because of the covid situation so at least we get to do some at the end of the year and then next year in june and july um we're going to be opening for billy idol and doing those stadium tours in the uk which yeah. will be kind of fun and i think they're setting up some shows in the u.s hopefully you know things are going to be better we can only hope yeah and pray, you know so when we did read about Billy Idol, it was uh, it mentioned that uh, the Go-Go's hadn't toured in the UK in like 20-something years. What, yeah, a what? long time. It's been a long time since we've been over there. Why is that? What is that? Is there uh, just never I, you know, happens? I, I d no, there's no, it's not like it was planned that way. It just sort of worked out that way. For whatever reasons, we were busy doing other things and... Or maybe we didn't get a request to come over there. Or maybe there wasn't, you know, we didn't. I, I'm, I'm, yes, we did get requests. That's not true. But I, maybe the money needed to be better or something. Yeah. I don't know, you know. Yeah. The um, logistics of operating a band, there's a lot that has to go on behind the scenes, uh, as you can imagine, to make it happen. Before you step on that stage, a lot has to go on. From what we heard from Kathy, she mentions that you're like the cheerleader who gets everyone moving. Like, come on, guys, we got to go. We got to rehearse. We got to do this. We got to do this. I know. You're always yeah, pushing every like the drum again, like the drummer, just pushing, I'm the pushing, pushing. Yes, yeah. And, uh, I get on everybody's nerves because I always want to rehearse more than anybody wants to rehearse, and they all get pissed off at me, and they're like, Gina, Jesus Christ, how many times have you played a song? <laughs> Well, it's not about playing it. It's about getting tight. It's about getting that feel. It's about all those things. I don't know. Drummers all feel. 
You know, you got it. Having good timing goes without saying. Don't be a drummer if you don't have good timing. That's all I need to say about that. I don't know what else to say. But, you know, the rest is about feel. And that starts to happen, that magic, that chemistry. When you start playing together, you need to you need to refine that every time you sit down and get back together again. Yeah, man, that happens. And you got to get on it. Every band needs a Gina or every group of friends needs a Gina pushing them. <laughs> That's right. right. We we need a Gina. Can we yeah, get? We need a Gina. Oh my God! Do we need a Gina? You're our Gina. <laughs> These guys. Kathy came into the band later. Did you know? I mean, because it's always the drummer and the bassist that really need to click, right? Is that? I mean, that's yeah. It was we. You know, there were issues. You know, there were problems with the original bass player. And what actually happened was, is that she got sick yet again. And this was right before we were doing a New Year's Eve show at the Whiskey. And that was a big thing. It was a big deal for us at that time. And we couldn't let it go by. We just, we couldn't let it slip away. I think Charlotte met Kathy at at a Whiskey show or something, exchanged numbers and asked her if she wanted to, you know, fill in for our other bass player. And she did. And then it, it, it felt right. So we just continued with Kathy. Amazing. And she lied and told you she played bass. (laughs) Yeah, and yeah, right. Exactly. She's a guitar player, but she that just goes to show you the kind of musician she is. Yeah. You know what I mean? Going from guitar to bass, boom, in a week. There you go. And knows all the songs and plays them great. And like her and I had a great feel right off the bat, you know? Yeah. I'm always happy if I get to play with a bass player who played guitar as well because i know that they're going to play like kathy you know they're going to their choices are going to be more like kathy valentine parts which i love we just heard what gina had to say about kathy let's hear what kathy has to say about gina what what was it about you and and gina that clicked that that when you jump joined the band did you you feel felt a connection with her immediately well i think we were both you know we had things in common we'd both left our families and our homes to to make it in the music business in LA. We'd both driven, you know, across states to get there. And uh, we'd both had been in other bands uh, for the other Go-Go's. Aside, I think Charlotte had played bass in the eyes for a little bit, but most of them, they were fairly inexperienced. And while Gina and I might not have been you know, seasoned pros, even though we, I thought I was for sure, we had been, you know, playing in in several bands. So we had that in common. And I think we were both kind of into like classic rock and roll more than like some of somebody from California might, the Beach Boys might be one of their favorite bands. Whereas with Gina and me, like Led Zeppelin might be one of our favorite bands. So musically, uh, I think we were both very serious about not only making it, but improving, being the best musicians we could be, bring, bringing the best uh, of our abilities to the the songs that were brought in. So we just had a lot in common, and we played very well together. Thank you so much, Kathy. Let's go back to Gina. Can, can we go back to the book for a minute? So the style of it with the essays from different, like we, we know about your connection with MTV, so with the VJs, and we know about your connection like with, with John Waters. And But there was one that surprised me. Uh, which I did not know about, I didn't remember from the time, was uh, Jody Foster? Yeah, Jody, um, I met, we all met in the early 80s. She was friends with Rob Lowe, and Rob was hanging out with the band. And we were going to New York, and um, she was at Yale at the time. And um, Rob said, oh, I'm going to bring a friend of mine along with me, Jody. And we're like, sure. So she just started hanging out with us. And then we went to England to work on the record and she was in uh, Europe. She was shooting a film and she came over and hung out with us in the UK for a while. And 
you know, we just all became friends. Then I became really close friends with her because we lived close to each other. I just loved her. I thought she was wonderful. She was interested in our lifestyle. <laughs> she came from a very shiny, perfect sort of environment. And we were kind of gruff and crazy and wild. And she'd never been around people like us. And it was quite, I think it was exciting and for her to hang around with a bunch of nitwits like us. And I she was having I the time of her life. You know, I mean, we were, we were running from club to club and, you know, like I say, we, you know, in the book, I think I say like we were all happening at the same time. We all had a lot of money, you know, just our careers were just starting out. It was when the brat pack was hanging. We were all hanging out together. You know, it was a great time. It was a fun time. So grateful hearing- for all that. Yeah. That's such a great connection. It's a great, it's great for us to hear how she was connected to you because you think of her, obviously she's a, you know, brilliant actress yeah, and you know, kind of intellectual. She's not, you wouldn't think her hanging around with the, you know, <laughs> we're kind of a punk band really. But uh, yeah, those are all great times. Yeah. She was just a kid. Also manic energy. Uh, Paul Rubens wrote a, uh, a little yeah. bit in the book. What was your relationship with, with Paul? What? Well, we knew about Paul and thought he was fantastic. And we wanted to, him to open for us at the Greek theater. We were doing three nights there. So he said that he would and um, showed up with uh, Steve Martin that night. And, uh, you know, he was all dressed up in his pee- peewee outfit, but I don't know that they quite got him or understood because this was like early in That's, his career. I love that, though. That's amazing. You know, that, um, that but, you guys would have the, the like, OK, we love well, this. Yeah, we, we, we recognize he was this. Brilliant. Yeah, I mean, he is brilliant. He's a really smart guy. He knows yeah. his shit. He knows what he's doing. And, you know, we thought he was so funny and great. And so we wanted him to be a part of what we were doing, you know. So we invited him to come and open for us. Kind of, He was sort of like the uh, DJ or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Uh, no, the host. DJ. He was the, uh, the, the uh, MC. What do you call it? MC. The MC. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. No, I get that. I um, One of my favorite moments, when I saw Pearl Jam at the forum a, a long time ago, and they had Tenacious D open up, and no one knew who Tenacious D was. And right. half half the audience was like, "This is amazing," and the other half was like, "What is going on? These guys are ridiculous." Yeah, exactly. And I love and that I think- that the band, you know, like, okay, this is they, they have the band appreciates that they know they recognize something really yeah, well, this, was, this was definitely the same thing for us when we played. I think it was exactly the same thing with the audience. Half of them were like, what the hell is this? And the other half were like, this is really whacked and great and typical Go-Go's fashion, right. you know? Um, so Go-Go's stamp yeah. of approval. So it's got to be yes. good. Absolutely. It's good for him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's a, He's a good guy. Okay. So one other picture that I, I, I don't know who took the picture, but this was uh, where you're in the Brussels airport and it's the five of you and you all look miserable and just exhausted and like and you included this because obviously this is part of the go-go story what what is the story behind that that okay so that was when i was carrying my camera with me and the girls were sitting there and initially i took a photograph and told them how to pose and you know because i would say you guys do this and do that and they were like great subjects they do anything i ask them to do because <laughs> we're a gang of girls you right. know we're like sure we'll do it whatever and and i was like i thought it was a, a really cool looking shot so i a guy was walking by and i said hey come here would you take this photograph of us so i ran over and sat down and sat in this weird like i don't know what my weird pose was with a hat on or something and took that photograph which i just love um it was sort of set up it wasn't that we were absolutely okay. miserable i kind of said everybody make kind of a mean face or act like you're like really tired out. We were kind of tired out though, but. What year was that? Do you know? Do you remember? Like. 
I think it was 1982 or 82. Okay, so this I'm is still sure. early in Go-Go's. Uh, was so it the first yeah, European yeah. tour? Still having fun. Yeah, this is during a European tour somewhere. That was at Brussels, yeah. Yeah, Brussels, yeah. So you did that a lot. So you directed your your uh, bandmates to the post. Yeah, your subjects. I did them to do a lot of stuff. I did, absolutely, yeah. These weren't completely spontaneous things, <laughs> these shots. There was a little bit of thought, insane thinking behind these poses. <laughs> that's great. That's, yeah, that's like a John Waters type thing. Why don't you do no, this? Like, you know, <laughs> just like the clown, the clown family, you know, that, that had to be in the book and that was a <laughs> You know, that was like, yeah, let's have the clown family and, and put everybody in poses and, you know. Going back to the fact that you loved photography, you loved taking pictures, and nobody yeah. else in the band did, you couldn't, ha you didn't necessarily know at the time how big you were going to be or what could possibly have been done with these right, pictures right. that you documented. I mean, we all have photos from our childhood, you know, we took a lot of photos, you know, regular, you know, 35, or, uh, you know, yeah, Kodak yeah. Instamatic, yeah. Oh, Instamatic camera. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I had have those as well. And then there's a lot of Polaroids in the book. Yeah. Too. Yeah. But you couldn't possibly have known at the time what you can, you know, how big you were going to be or how, you know, what you could have done with this. And so this is, that's why this book is going to be huge. Can I, I want to ask about the pictures. Did you choose them or did somebody curate them for oh you? Oh my God. You know what, um, Holly, trying to figure out what photographs to pick. I just couldn't do it. I had to have somebody come in and help do that because they all mean something to me and I couldn't really be objective about it. I just couldn't. I, you know, I'm like, I don't know what people are going to want to see. I know I love all of these. There's a reason why I took this, every one of these photographs. So yeah. I don't know. I needed a lot of help. Yeah, I did. It's not easy to figure that stuff out when I, it's just, it's just hard for me, you know? Yeah, so I have well. to have somebody help me with it. Well, also hard is writing, or is that easy for you to, to write like 30,000 words? No, no, I didn't think I was going to be writing anything. Yeah. I, I just thought it was going to be just a, a an art book, just photographs. But then it became, like, and my book publisher's like, why don't you write some stuff? And I was like, oh, I don't know. And then it just, it made sense because I wanted to talk about these photographs, what was going on, you know, when I was taking these these photographs, what was happening during that time period. So it was a lot easier than I thought it was going to be. I can't believe that I actually wrote this book, but I did. And I had no idea I could, but the photographs made it easy. Yeah, They made it easy. I think the format, and I'm wondering now if the format will inspire more, you know, more artists like you, because it's such a great, like you said, it wasn't, you know, a biography packed with thousands and thousands of words, but it was just the format. Your writing, which seems, you know, comes across absolutely as your own voice. And then it the is. essays from the others. <laughs> I just wonder if it will inspire others because it's such a, it, it was, everything about it was pleasing. I know, I'm, you know, gushing as a fan, but everything about it was pleasing. I, it was. Geez, I'm, I'm, thank you so much. I'm glad <laughs> you like it, but it really, it is, it is truly me. Every word, every photograph, all it's, um, you know, that's all from my perspective and I'm truthful and honest about everything. And I just am hoping that, our fans will appreciate that and getting even new fans who will see this book maybe in a bookstore or online and go, hey, this looks kind of interesting and open it up and go, wow, okay, mm -hmm. I want to know more about them because it's all there. It's, a, it's pretty mm -hmm. succinct. It's, all, it's, all, uh, it's a good history of the band, but, but mainly, focusing on, um, mainly focusing on the early years because that's when it was mm -hmm. like insane and crazy, which is kind of fun to, to write about. 
Yeah. You know what? You'll be surprised the young girls that are going to go up to you and probably recite a few lyrics to you and like uh, tell you how much the Go-Go's mean. When we well, we talk to a lot of artists and it's the same thing. Like we were, yeah. we were shocked at, at the, the diversity of, uh, of the age group, the, you know, the demos. Yeah, of, like yeah, everyone loves that, them. When, when that happens, I'm always kind of knocked out because I, it's not something I ever think about, but somebody will come up to me and say that. It's like, to me, that's the biggest and best compliment you can ever get is to think that you may have inspired someone uh, to become a musician or you know, songwriter, whatever it may be, anything in the music field, that's really important to me. And, you know, it makes me feel like I've done a, a, a it's a job well done, you know? Yeah. Uh, are we ever going to see a reunion of House of Shock? I want to get the, you ever talked to Vance DeGeneres? <laughs> right. You know what? Recently we have been communicating because of the book. So, but I hadn't talked to him in ages. And, um, that's yeah that's another funny story because i remember when his when his sister when ellen first came to town and she was like uh hanging out she comes to the studio while we were recording and you know she like asked, oh, who, who should i be to who's a good agent <laughs> wow pretty funny <laughs> pretty funny huh Did you like being in like the 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 front person like you know for, during that time? Yeah, I didn't. It was just you know what I I didn't plan on that happening. I just wanted to play drums and write, and yeah. we couldn't find the. I tried out a couple of different people, and it and it wasn't working. And that, and that Vance said, Gina, you sing the songs better than anybody else. You wrote them. Just sing them. Just be the singer. So I was like, okay, so I'll do it. <laughs> Were you ever sing? Did you ever sing background in the Go Go's? I don't remember. I, like, did, um, yeah, no, I would do, like on the record, I would sing, okay. but not live because I'm, I'm just, I don't, I'm not interested in singing live. I just <laughs> want to play drums and focus and be, you know, be present and do my job. I'm not in, there's plenty of background vocals in the go-go's. Okay. Yeah. Man. There's plenty of it. Yes. So, and when we play live, I, I, that's not my focus. When you're playing live, who, who are you focused? Are you watching the whole band? Or are you following? I mean, what is, are, do you feel like well, you're like, leading, I'm like you're the engine pushing the band or what? That's what I am. Yeah. I'm, I'm not, I'm doing my thing and I'm just paying attention to everyone. Of course I have to, but I feel like I'm just sort of driving the ship. I mean, I am, that's what I'm doing. I'm, I'm just setting, setting the timing, setting the beat, you know, and we're working together as a team, that's but I'm, I'm, I'm just focused on keeping my shit together. I'm not, <laughs> you know, that's all I can do is keep myself together. I, you know, what happens during this rock and roll the, during the ceremony when, you know, the is there going to be a super jam? What, how do you uh, how do you focus in on on so many players at once and what you just kind of uh, oh I don't know what this is going to be I have no idea really still they still just don't ask us to do three songs I don't know anything else about it yet they want us to do three songs I don't know if we're going to be playing with anyone else I I really don't have that info yet 
Okay. Oh, also, so someone who took pictures, did you enjoy videos? Did you enjoy the video making process for the mm. Go-Go's? Um, videos are not one of my favorite thing to do, not one of my favorite things to do, nor are photo sessions because they're a lot of hurry up and wait and shooting a video you can, you spend days doing. It's, uh, it's hard work because that's all about how you look. And it's not really about your craft. It's about how you look and, and the story that someone else has devised and, you know, not one of my favorite things, but you do it. You'll do whatever you have to do to promote your music. I get how that's totally separate. It's not, the feel yeah. is different. The feel with photographs, yeah. you know, with right. It's, yeah, it's a whole different thing, and you know, and I get it. It's all part of the scheme of things. It's part of it. It has to be, but it's not my favorite thing. I, I, my favorite thing to be doing is either recording or being on stage and playing, playing for an audience, playing for our fans. That's what fills me up. You know, it was yeah. a pleasure talking with you. Thank yeah. you so much. Take care. Thank, Thank, Thank you so you. very much. Thanks, Thanks, Gina. Bye-bye. Bye, guys. All right. So that was kind of cool, Holly. Yes, we have had 40% of the Go-Go's on our podcast. How about that? I think it is our goal, our, our life's goal, our podcast life's goal to have all the Go-Go's as guests on our podcast. We might Separately have. or together. I'm, I'm, I'm not that picky. I would just love to chat with all of them. I love chatting with her. She's so kind and genuine and love, love the book and love that they are finally, finally being inducted. Yeah, that's exciting, especially as uh, Los Angelinos, both Holly and I grew up with this music. So we loved tearing through her book, Made in Hollywood. It's just great. Just looking through this book, it's kind of getting inside of uh, what Gina saw on, uh, on tour with the band and in studio and all, the, all those early days. It's, it's really wonderful. So I highly recommend going to your local independent bookstore and picking up Made in Hollywood All Access with the Go-Go's. Can I say ditto? That would be uh, another two thumbs up from right. Dave D- and Holly. I think, is ditto a 70s term? Ditto's, ditto's were pants in the 70s. Yes, you're right. They were ditto's jeans. Okay. Well, ditto. Okay. Very good. You might as well say bitchin'. Bitchin'. And ditto. Look, look at us. Bitchin' at the beginning, ditto at the end. Despite what we're saying and fumbling through our wrap-up, I encourage you to subscribe to our podcast. It's the What Difference Does It Make podcast. You could find us on all your favorite podcast platforms. New episodes every Friday. Yeah. So until next week, this is Dave. This is Holly. Check you later. Over and out. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.